0: Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA Kit by Endocana Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, endo-aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, EndoDNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Effica Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Effica Unwind, created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formulation of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code pod25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey music lovers, the Canamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lampkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah. You heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action lamkin-guitars.com Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in.
1: It's high time. We had a high time together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time.
0: Together. Hi y'all. I'm Joe your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. Through the last podcast, I was connected to a kindred spirit, living that full-spectrum lifestyle. We planned a pod swap, and our podcast discovery call for this show concluded with no agenda other than be in the flow and riff on what a full-spectrum lifestyle means to us. In December 2016, I published a Cannabis Class Resource Guide, which included a Modern Cannabis Glossary, complete with an A-to-Z explanation of cannabis as a tool. Seven years later, today's guest and I will workshop a second edition, and we'd love for you to join us. We'll host a live interactive sesh on social. Think of antiquated words or phrases about cannabis and cannabis culture that could really use a makeover. And then bring your ideas and fresh vision for the future of cannabis. And together we'll create a world that respects cannabis as both a medicine and lifestyle tool. Follow at Casually Baked and at The Real Ryan Sprague on Instagram and stay tuned. Ryan Sprague is the founder and co owner of Highly Optimized, a company dedicated to helping clients transform and become the conscious leaders the world is patiently awaiting. Ryan is the creator of the Connect with Cannabis program and the Grow with Cannabis course. He is also the host of two podcasts, the Highly Optimized podcast and this One Time on Psychedelics podcast. Ryan is on a mission to help his fellow brothers and sisters become empowered in their experience of being alive through one-on-one men's coaching, plant medicine integration coaching, and retreat experiences. And my mission is to model an inspired life so that anyone who interacts with me feels empowered to do the same. If you're feeling the gentle nudges of desire to expand your life beyond your current experience, this podcast is for you. It's also for Canna Curious souls seeking to grow your relationship with cannabis and to integrate plant medicine as a tool to optimize your day-to-day life. But first, a word from our sponsor, MJ Relief, a CBD-infused muscle rub, PhD designed for what aches and pains you. Our challenge was to choose an entourage of ingredients, all with anti-inflammatory, pain-relieving, and or skin-soothing qualities. I am proud to say MJ is made by women, strong enough for performance athletes, and gentle enough for sensitive skin. Explore our ingredients and support your body and my small business at mjskinrelief.com. You'll always save 10% using promo code Baked, all one word, at checkout. That's mjskin, R-E-L-I-E-F dot com. Promo code Baked. And if you're listening on your phone, scroll down in the podcast app you're using to see the episode notes where you'll find links to this offer and more from other casually baked partner brands. Shopping podcast affiliates is a win-win because you saving money on the things you want supports the production of this show. And so does taking a few seconds to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or whichever listening app you are using right now. That one small action helps other canna-curious folks find this highly responsible cannabis content. It is the friend economy in action. Now, in this chat with Ryan, get ready to explore a healthy cannabis-infused lifestyle. What it means to actually do the inner work and growing plant medicine with conscious intention. This is a good one, my friend. So smoke them if you got them and settle in. It's time to get casually baked. If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers, and I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309 306 1095
1: that's 309 306 1095 or visit collateralbase.com. It's high time we had a high time together. together
0: together Ryan it is such a pleasure to finally have you on the podcast
1: Oh, thank you so much, Joanna. It's so amazing to be here. You know, we were chatting before we hit record and, you know, this is going to be effortless. I mean, we live the same life. We have the same passions. We have the same friends as well with Mark and Brandon. So, I mean, this is just exactly where I parked my car metaphorically, you know, so I'm excited to be here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And so on my chat with Mark, which actually I just released today, Mm. he And I were workshopping a sentence that I tend to repeat that is um, not telling of the future that I want to see in cannabis. Mm. And I told him that I would really love for the entire industry's language and our culture's language to have a makeover. And so I thought if you would be into it, that maybe we could do a live on the social platforms. That way we can get the community involved, have everybody share all this antiquated words and stories about our industry and our culture and create a modern cannabis glossary.
1: Oh, you had me at words and then you (laughs) sold me a modern cannabis glossary, you know, like, you know, we were chatting and, you know, I think that within the world of plant medicines as a whole, and especially with cannabis, a lot of people are using language like "get stoned," which we were talking about the funniness for that. Because I live in Boston, the Salem Witch Trials were about an hour away from where I live. Um, you know, historically speaking, being stoned wasn't usually associated with anything positive. And again, it's not to, you know, as I know you know, and I'm sure your listeners do too, but it, it's not to harp on it. It's just to be like, okay, if language architects our reality, right? If this is ancient Aramaic knowledge, and we want to make sure that we're getting precise results in our lives that are going to lead to highly desirable outcomes well it's important then to really fine-tune our language you know and get away from the whole getting fucked up and these kind of things because if that's not what someone's looking for and they're using that language and they're wondering why they're getting results they're getting that's when it's time to start looking into these types of things like the language you're using uh, the emotions they're feeling when they use that language etc so yeah this is awesome
0: Good. I'm glad you're in. Yes. I love it. And I I feel like this conversation is just going to build upon what Mark and I talked about. You know, it's crushing the victim mentality, you know, putting yourself in the power position and so much of my cannabis journey um it's been an internal growth process. You know, it's like going to therapy in my head, you know, getting casually baked and setting it down and, and really doing the work. And I tell people all the time, cannabis is my co-pilot, but it is not the only thing that I lean on. And so I know that that's something that you preach. And, Um, I've just started calling it a full spectrum life, you know, that way I don't have to say it's a cannabis lifestyle, but it kind of gives that nod. So Mm -hmm. again, being an architect of my world, I've created a new way to talk about a healthy cannabis involved, cannabis infused wellness lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I love that. You know, like the ways in which I think about cannabis Mm -hmm. is as a spiritual aid and ally, right? Or as a teacher, as a medicine, but specifically like the words that I really loved how to describe cannabis. And this is just like, as I've really tuned into this, like the most accurate I can find in my own life is it's a source of divination and or an oracle, right? So very similar to how, um, if you want clarity, right, you have a question in your mind. You might pull tarot cards, right, which give you a description, but the description is usually not taken at face value, right? It's usually very wordy and very riddly. And then what you do is your own being discerns what message or meaning you make out of that divination that you've pulled. And so I think of cannabis very similar, right, where we make an intention in our sober state of reality. We might even assume that we understand what cannabis is going to show us, and then either that happens or... What happens much more commonly, I found, is that something happens and then triggers a breadcrumb trail to follow. And we end up getting the desired result, but in a way that we totally didn't expect. And that's how I think of it too, like a pocket coach, you know, being able to, it's not the only tool I have. And it didn't always work this way. I had to understand inner work, I had to have emotional awareness, I had to. Um, you know, do my end of the bargain, right, to be able to allow this plant to continue helping me to deeper and deeper levels, the same way that if you work with a coach, right, I know from working with Mark and many other coaches, too, if they teach you a lesson, and you fail to learn that lesson, well, they can't move you on to the next lesson until you've really mastered the previous lesson. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused with cannabis. And I think that it's it's pretty obvious that none of us ever got a user manual for this plant, right? So You know, there's no judgment or anything. I think everyone's been trying to wing it and figure things out. And some of us through different ways of research or whatever have figured out little pieces to this puzzle. But I think having us all come together and speak about this, I mean, I talk about that all the time in the programs I host and everything is that, you know, these are just my feelings about the plant. But my ultimate intention is to allow you to tap in and discern what you feel the plant helps you with. So we can have this broad array of how the plant can help each individual in different ways.
0: Yeah. Yesterday I was having a cannabis consult with someone Mm -hmm. who had had a really bad experience before, but was hearing other people talk about working with me and, and having a different experience. And so he came back and he's like, okay, I, I need some help here. And my first question is like, well, what's your why? Like Mm. what, why are you wanting to use this medicine? Because every person has a different journey with it. And, you know, the roads that you start traveling down are very much based in like, what are my personal needs? How am I trying to grow? And a lot of people don't even want to do that work. (laughs) They're just like, oh, just like, give me a pill. Just give me some weed. Whatever. I just want to not feel what I'm feeling. Mm. And, but it really does take so much experimentation and coming back. Like you fall down. That didn't work. Get up, try it again. You're not going to die. And, and that's what I love about cannabis, but that's also what makes it so complicated.
1: Mm. Yes. It's, you know, it's funny because how I look at cannabis as opposed to psilocybin, specifically psilocybin, that's one of the most popular plant medicines out right now. You know, like, psilocybin is much more like you kind of understand after a while, like, yes, experiences are different for sure. But the essence of that medicine hits you very similar every time where cannabis, you know, I always say cannabis is feminine and very similar to the feminine. It's all potential. Right. So there's so many different ways in which the medicine can interact with you. And unless you're really tuned into your feeling and intuition and these more feminine qualities within yourself, you're probably going to be either disappointed or have a challenging experience because you try to white knuckle it and put masculine energy to a uh, overextent into it, right? Like how I always say that cannabis has worked for me anyway is to think of a salsa dance analogy, right? So in this salsa dance analogy, the, the masculine role in a salsa dance is to provide direction to lead the dance and the feminine role is to express herself. But she can only do that if she feels confident in the masculine role, being able to know where she's going to go, that what moves she's going to do, where to catch her when she does the drop, all these kinds of things. And so if we do not provide a little bit of that masculine energy at the beginning of that equation, right? In terms of setting an intention, what's your why, you know, et cetera, then we allow the feminine to express, right? How she's going to express, well, we can't really have that, you know, beautiful experience of a salsa dance with we see. And what I say is the caveat is, as in a, in a paradoxical plot twist, both the masculine and feminine roles in this equation are you meeting yourself, right? So what I tell everyone is cannabis, like many other plant medicines, works as a mirror. And so if you fall into a victim mentality and think that cannabis is making you anxious, making you paranoid, making you lazy, well, you're externalizing your power onto the plant which means that you're more than likely doing that everywhere in your life. And you can either realize, whoa, this plan is actually showing me where I'm cock blocking myself, or you can play the victim of cannabis made me anxious, right? And again, there's no judgment. Like, again, there's no one really out there. I mean, there's a couple people, you and I and other people talking about this. But, you know, I think that that's one of the most empowering things cannabis can show us is all the aspects of us. And the faster we can take accountability and go, okay, I might not be best friends with every part of myself, but I'm willing to accept that what I'm being shown is only what's already inside of me. And now it's up to me to do the potential work with parts work or story work, any of these things to start really bringing love to those parts of me. And when you do that, you know, the plant just really allows you to add to enter those aspects and be able to bring unity and harmony back to your being. And it's, fucking awesome. Not easy, but simple for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, as with most things, like the answer really ends up being simple, but it's hard to follow through on. But I love that because people preach all the time with entheogens. It's set and setting, set, setting. And it's like set, setting, intention, write the shit down, do the work, like live your best life.
1: It's got to be more complicated. It can't just be those things, you know? (laughs)
0: You mentioned psilocybin being so popular. I have a lot of people that ask me about uh, microdosing psilocybin as well. And I've done a show with a friend of mine who from microdosing psilocybin in a year lost over a hundred pounds simply by changing her mind. Mm -hmm. And so we understand the power of these plants, but they aren't for everybody. Like, my relationship with cannabis is solid as a rock. Like, homie, co-pilot, let's do this. But when I was microdosing mushrooms because I thought, hmm, maybe I shouldn't smoke as much cannabis Mm. and was trying to do something else during the day, and it just made me yawn. It made me feel a little lethargic every time I tried it. So I was like, okay, well, I just can do mushrooms before I go to bed at night. Mm. Um, and so the same amount that I did that somebody else would do, they would have this like mind altering, you know, visually stimulating experience and nothing was happening for me. Mm. And my stomach would kind of start hurting. My body would feel weird. And I'm like, I would rather just be hanging out with mama cannabis right now. So just to say, we love cannabis. It's an amazing relationship that we have in our lives. But I get that we're all genetic snowflakes and it, it isn't for everyone. And I just want to say that.
1: 100%. I'm so glad you said that. I say that I, I make an emphasis to say that in every podcast I do, almost every post I make, because I, I'm very aware of the influence that people like you and I can have over people. And the idea is we truly, our intention, I think I speak for both of us, is to help people. But at the same time, I remember when I was down and out, how I listened to anyone because I was willing to do anything to get out of pain, right? Because my focus was just getting out of pain. It wasn't yet towards running towards pleasure, right? And so a lot of people, I'd say roughly 80% of the people I talk to, that's their focus right now. They're looking to get out of pain. And when your focus is getting out of pain, first of all, you're focusing on what you don't want more of, and you're willing to do pretty much anything to get out of it. But at the same time, like, if you're experiencing pain in your life, it's normally a misalignment between your soul and your actual actions, right? So, like, the life that you're meant to live versus the life that you are living. And to the degree that someone is unaware of why that's happening, if they decide to connect with a plant medicine, such as cannabis, psilocybin, etc., they can open up too much to process at once, right? Right. Like that stuff needs to be healed, but at the same time, there is such a thing as like diminishing return as I've found, right? So it's the same idea as like, if you want to lose weight, you're probably going to want to get into exercise. But if you want to lose weight and you've never lifted in your life and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go deadlift 500 pounds. You're like, whoa, that's too much at once, right? Now you spend a year or two in the gym and you work with a strength trainer, that could really be a realistic goal. But at the same time, it's kind of like, what is the most practical size dose? And also, what is the most practical method if someone wants to get into cannabis, you know, or psilocybin or any of these things to make sure that they're opening things up and just going just outside of their comfort zone, but not so far out that they end up potentially traumatizing themselves and being like, no. And then they're one of the people that votes no on legalized cannabis. You know, that's that's the ultimate thing, you know, for sure.
0: Right. So, the highly responsible folks out there, we have to lead by example when you're introducing somebody into this lifestyle or culture or the idea of cannabis as medicine. And, you know, I was someone who was on the anxiety medication, sleep medicine, muscle relaxers. I had reoccurring migraines. So, occasionally I was taking high doses of migraine medicine and Just was over it. I didn't want to do that anymore. I felt like a shell of a human and was overweight and unhappy. And I worked with a therapist every week for an entire year to get myself to a place where I was only using plant medicine as my medicine. It's using the plant, doing your own work, but also having a team of people around you to support you. And so that's why it's really important if you are entering into the cannabis space or any sort of plant ceremony to know that there are responsible people that are holding space and looking out for your your
1: best interest. Definitely. You know, what I've found is that you know, uh, as they say in the concentrate world, a dab will do you right. And so, like when it <laughs> comes to when it comes to cannabis, like I think a lot of people learned because let's face it, cannabis was illegal and still is illegal in many places. But you know, it was illegal, and when we were younger, it was like we don't know the next time we're going to get to do it. Uh, so let's do as much as we can while we have it, right? And so those patterns now, as we're getting older, and of course you have Cheech and Chong and all of these types of movies that came out in the early 2000s, Pineapple Express, etc., which basically just you know blacklisted cannabis as this thing to get fucked up with, pretty much like drinking, but it won't kill you. You know, like it's pretty much how it was, you know, given to us and and portrayed to us. And so I think for a lot of people are starting to realize like. I don't want to tune out with this plant. I want to tune in. And actually, it has very little to do with the plant, other than like making sure that you're picking the right strain for you, things like that, that are more quantitative. But it has everything to do with our either unconscious intention or conscious intention, you know? And I think that, you know, as we start to allow cannabis to be seen on the same pedestal as psilocybin and these other medicines, I think it's so important, like you said, to make sure that, you know, we as the educators, are making sure that people are having access to all of the information, right? Having access to like, hey, this plant can do a lot of amazing things for you. Yet at the same time, your mind can become dependent on it for feelings of comfort. Be aware of that, right? Not because we want it to happen to you, but because it would be irresponsible of us to say all of the positive things about cannabis that we've worked to be able to unlock without saying like, hey, there's also these other things that you might be at fault for if you don't know enough about yourself and you decide to get into these types of things you know and i think that being able to recognize like my ultimate mission and i'm sure yours too is just stop blaming the plant for your own shortcomings right cannabis isn't addictive getting away from trauma is addictive right that if if cannabis was objectively addictive Every single person that ever interacted with it would be addicted, right? So the plant has already gone through enough stigmatization, enough trauma of its own. The last thing it needs is people scapegoating and projecting their problems onto it. You know, my ultimate intention is take accountability and ownership for everything in your life. Because if you don't, no one's going to come and save the day for you. So it might seem like, oh, I can just scapegoat this. It's not my fault. Society said it's not my fault. I had childhood trauma. Cool, but if you start believing into that, you're going to live a very disempowered life. And as someone who lived that way for a long time, I can tell you based on personal experience, nothing good comes from that, right? Like, you know, I think a lot of people fail to ask themselves on a daily basis, why am I here? Like, why did I come to Earth? And why did I come at this particular time in history? I did not come to numb out with cannabis, pay taxes, work a job and die. That's not why I'm here personally, right? right? And so like this plant can allow you to open up like and really have the space to ask yourself those questions because in today's world, it's not that we need cannabis for that, but let's face it, we live in a very fast-paced world and most people don't know how much they need space or why they would need it or what it could feel like. And so things like cannabis can say, "Okay, Do you want to feel what it might be like if you spent 10 years on a mountaintop? Okay, boom. Now they understand, oh, I need more space in my life to actually ponder these questions, to make sure I'm in alignment and all of these kind of things. And I think that's, again, where cannabis can be this teacher, right? The same way that we go to a coach like Mark, if we want to learn language, same way we work with a therapist if we're going through challenges, right? Like I think of it very similar, different, of course, but very same, same.
0: Yeah. Now, I also believe that in order to get to that space where we can start experimenting with that relationship, people have to understand the nuts and bolts of their endocannabinoid system and actually what cannabis is doing inside of their body in order to have this experience. So one of the first things I like to do is just give that really high level, like these are all the cannabinoids and terpenes and just kind of like mind overload. Yes. With this is everything about the most healing plants known to man. Mm. Now let's zoom in on you and then just take those little baby steps. But them knowing like, wow, this is a really big world and I'm just taking my first step into it.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, I love that as well. And in the Connectable Cannabis program, we have a whole science section that goes deep into it because I do feel it's super important. And the challenge I found is that a lot of people, they won't connect with the plant, they'll learn about it, and they'll go, oh, I know what cannabis is, right? And I'm like, no, these are two sides of the same coin, right? Experience, and this goes for all of life, is why we're here, right? Like if we really want to know what an apple is, we can read all about it, we can learn the molecular makeup, we can learn how many varieties there are, but eventually we're going to have to eat an apple if we truly want to know what it is. But then once we eat it and we go, wow, what's What's actually giving me this experience, right? What kind of apple is this? That's where the information now allows you to contextualize and make sense out of the experience you're having, right? So it doubles down the experience and backs it up. And I think cannabis is so similar. You know, it's like I'm a, a very curious person. So if I love Blue Dream, I'm like, why? You know, and that's the information you need, right? But you need the experience to understand this is what I like. And so, I love that you mentioned this because I truly feel they're just, it's this beautiful synergy of like learning more of the science, the history, the background, having deeper experiences. These deeper experiences lead to more questions, go do more research and figure out the answers to the questions. And that just allows you to have this beautiful back and forth that to me is just the most fun out of the entire realm of cannabis.
0: Yes. I love that analogy too. Mm. You know, we can also equate it to somebody who's passionate about wine and Mm. they go to the wine country and there's a new varietal that they didn't know about. I mean, I had that experience with Pinotage. I'm like, oh my gosh, where has this been all my life? And then you go down that rabbit hole and you learn more about it and you find similar varietals and different wineries that carry it. I mean, it's the same thing with cannabis. Of course, we have to make sure that we save a spot for craft cannabis so that we can continue to have this beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we'll all be smoking Walmart weed, which ain't nobody got time for that. So, you know, it's like get curious, have the experience, more curious experience, more curious experience, and then you're an expert and you can be a cannabis Sherpa out in the world. Telling your community how it's changed your life. I'm a totally different human than I was before I had an organized and thoughtful relationship with cannabis.
1: Definitely. And I'm so glad you brought up craft cannabis because a lot of what I teach, you know, I've been a cultivator for 13 years and that was like my first big passion within cannabis. Science came later and more of the shamanism side came later. But what I found is that most people have no idea. What cannabis that has truly reached its genetic potential can feel like, taste like, be like, et cetera. Because what I choose to believe, and this is based in shamanism, is that one of the biggest unspoken epidemics of the cannabis world today, and there's a few of them, but one of the biggest ones is that most of the people cultivating the plants are not doing the inner work required to truly be fit to be cultivating a medicine that other people are going to consume, Right. So they're coming into a facility that first of all is riddled with EMFs, right? They're getting fed chemical cell nutrients, aka the steroids of the plant world. They're being grown around people who are either nervous about how much money they're making because most grow hands are not making that much money, but yet controlled by corporations that only care about money. What's the cheapest you can grow this? What's the biggest yield I can get? That's all I care about. They're being grown in hydroponic systems which again, I'm not here to judge any of this. All I'm here to do is observe that this is very far away from how cannabis was intended to be cultivated. You know, if you read the adventures of Don Juan, you learn about the traditions of the Akwe Indians uh, and many other cultures as well. They all talk about how when the individual in the book goes down to meet Don Juan and he starts learning about these different allies that the Akwe Indians have, they have two. They're called the weed and the smoke. And the weed is not actually cannabis, but it's a plant, right? And so... You know, this this researcher's like, hey, um, can I try some of yours? And Don Juan's like, hell no, man. You got to grow this yourself. You know, like it won't even work for you if you don't grow it yourself. And it's so funny because when I talk about this, there are so many people that are like so left brained like, oh, let me see the science behind that. I'm like, well, there actually is science out now with Joe Patatucci's plant wave system and many other people talking about this. But at the same time, even science says we only see four percent of visible reality. And so we live in a world where people only believe what they can see with their eyes while at the same time not realizing that even science says 96% of what's all around us is essentially omitted because we can't see it with our and, and sense it with our five senses. And so I think that's one of the biggest unspoken epidemics, not to mention the you know essentially like selective breeding that is only ramping up Delta 9 THC, which for a lot of people they don't realize that they might think cannabis is getting stronger. And if you look at it that very like, you know, logical way, yes, you could say Delta 9 THC strength is going up, but it's actually that cannabis has lost a lot of its psychedelic properties since this modern hybridization movement. Because, you know, with things like THCP, which are 10 times more stimulating to CB1 receptors, that's getting bred out because everyone's so focused on Delta 9 THC. So it's super interesting. I'm so glad you brought up craft cannabis because that's all of what I do in the grow program as well as talk about and teach people how to cultivate organically. What breeders I recommend because there's a lot of really good ones out there that are preserving these land race genetics, these heirloom genetics, and they're really funky. You know, like I love interacting with cannabis that's land race and heirloom.
0: Yeah, I work with Alpine Seed Group oh, and cool. they work specifically with these craft farmers that are just like, okay, I'm a breeder and this is what I care about and like this is what we're going for. And they nerd out on it and I love it. and. Being around them and listening to what they're talking about because they're talking about down the road Mm -hmm. cannabis, not what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them are breeding back more CBD, bringing in more THCV, you Mm -hmm. know, making sure that the CBC and CBG has a place. So just trying to see There's that soft talk.
1: Yeah, (laughs) It's everywhere. (laughs) These
0: men and women are changing the genetics back more in line with what it was.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think it's so important. There's a guy I know, um, Jeffrey Seltzer, that runs Keys to the Kingdom. He used to run Gage Green Group. And me and him have had some stellar conversations on this. I'll have to introduce you to him because he's doing a lot of the same stuff. And I'm running some of his gear right now. He has this strain, Eastern Rebellion, that is just like, you know, um, when you grow cannabis, like you can just tell intuitively like what plants are just like, they're just like a stocky, yoked plant. They do well in any environment. They're like, no worries, man. I'm not that finicky, you know, like this is one of those plants and the smoke is unbelievable. It's probably between 15 and 18% Delta 9 THC, so it's nothing in the crazy range. And it is just one of those strains that you could smoke all day if you wanted to, never get burned out. Colors get vibrant. Your mental stimulation goes to 11, and the wise words, the spinal tap. You know, you just have, like, an unbelievable experience. And for me, I often ask myself, like, after I have an experience like that, like, why would I want anything that's so drastically much stronger than this? Like, and, you know, I think that we live in a world where we've been taught more equals better. And when I worked at the dispensary, I would have that. People would come in, what's your highest percent? because they would wrongly assume that the best bang for your buck is going for the highest percentage. And there are true reasons why someone might want a high Delta nine, like, are you going through cancer treatment? Are you going through chronic pain? Um, Like there's there there are reasons for it. But to apply that one rule across the board objectively, first of all, there is no objectivity to the universe, right? And so you know, I think that's where a lot of people like and where you and I come in and being able to re-educate and say, Hey, we did that for a while. Just try this and see if you actually like it better, you know, and and make your own choice. We're not here to tell anyone what they should do or, you know, to shoot all over them, as Mark would say, but just to invite them to be curious and think about things a little bit differently than maybe they have been, because again, none of us ever got a user manual for this plant, you know. So <laughs>
0: and I'm glad you brought up that THC percentage. Hmm. I have done some experiments with people and given them different cultivars and then have them tell me like what their favorite experience was. In this experiment, it was of Country number 26, which they struggle getting that into dispensaries because the dispensaries tell them that it's not high enough in Delta 9. So it's 16% THC. It's... This deep, beautiful purple color. It smells amazing and it feels amazing, but they aren't getting shelf space because they don't get in the front door because it's 16% THC. But everybody that I give this flower to is like, what is this? I need more of this in my life.
1: Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Like, I would love to see a dispensary do that. Take that market it at 35% THC and watch everyone come back. Like that was the best stuff I've ever had. You know, I think that one of the analogies I give, and I, I'm, I'm definitely not a fan of relating cannabis to alcohol, but in this instance, I do feel it kind of like red pills people all out of the time. Just because moonshine exists, does that mean you're going to walk into a liquor store every time and ask for moonshine? No. Well, why not? Well, I don't always want something that's strong. why is cannabis any different right like it's just that I think so many of us are still rooted in that pattern I was talking about where it's like we still were growing up when it was illegal it was like get the best bang for your buck get as much as you can smoke as much as you can get as high as you can because you don't know when you're going to do it again and I think that the other thing too is that and this is obviously a topic that could go deep but you know we're living in a world where we're so far away from what true human nature is And I'm not saying that, you know, we should go back to living in the woods and technology is all bad. It's not, right? But it needs balancing, right? Like Taoism talks about the middle way is the way, right? So, you know, especially after the last three years, all the craziness that happened, you know, more people are isolated, more people are lonely. You know, we keep hearing we have a loneliness epidemic, but that's like saying we have a cannabis dependency problem. That's not the problem. That's the result. The same way that loneliness is the result, the actual issue, right, of cannabis dependency and loneliness is an inability to truly feel connected to yourself, right? First yourself, and then be able to discern based on the true connection to self, what kind of people, places, and things are in alignment for you, and how to go find those things. And I think that even though we're so connected technologically, we're feeling more alone as a society than ever. And so obviously, these are big issues. I don't have the answer for them. But I do think they're worth talking about when we think about like, you know, what could be happening with regards to everything we're seeing in society. And of course, cannabis is a microcosm of that macrocosm, you know, and it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, and I think that the more attention we bring to these things, and the more that like, let's face it, I really think cannabis has the ability to be a huge, uh, like problem solver within this. Because if you think about what cannabis is best known for, it's like, hey, let's get together, smoke, laugh, throw a Frisbee around, like, that is the balancing of all of this other stuff, as I see it. You know, and I'm not here to say that cannabis is the solution for everyone, but I think for a lot of people, it could be part of that solution. You know, again, everyone's got to find their own thing, but I think cannabis being a connection medicine—I mean, that's what I experienced bringing my father through end of life. That's what I experienced. You know, of course, having the business I do and getting to meet so many amazing people getting to connect on this amazing plant that we all love and have an affinity for, you know, it has that potential, but it requires us actually asking ourselves that why, right? And doing our end of the bargain, right? We always say that cannabis can show you the what, but it's up to us to figure out the how and do our side of the bargain. And so that's why these conversations are so much fun.
0: So when you talk about the chaos of our society, Mm -hmm. the majority of that is by design. Mm
1: Mm-hmm it's mm-hmm. to
0: keep us preoccupied outside of ourselves so that we aren't questioning everything
1: <laughs> so exactly. that we
0: will just fall in line mm-hmm. and i will tell you that as rebellious as you felt as a teenager smoking cannabis that's how you will feel as a human and a citizen of your country by consuming cannabis and taking back ownership of it. Because cannabis is empowering. And if you are using it in a very strategic way, and you're doing it to heal self, once you heal self, you want to heal family and community and your state and your country. Mm -hmm. And so for me, cannabis has been a huge part Of my journey in being of service. Now, that said, when I say just take five minutes in your car, you know, before you walk into work to just, you know, you don't have time to meditate. I hear you. You have 50 kids and a husband and blah, 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 but five minutes in the car and nobody thinks they have time for that. So, what do you teach in your practice on how to like start developing that relationship, how to start listening to yourself?
1: Definitely. This is a great question. So, the biggest thing that I do is I tell people to ask five questions to themselves daily. And those questions are meant to be journaled on. And you don't have to spend, because I get it, right? I don't have all the time in the world, which is the biggest excuse out there, right? I don't have the time, but yet they have time to start at Starbucks. They have time to watch Netflix, right? So, again, but I don't try to argue, right? I'm like, okay, cool. Well, hey, can you write one word down for these five questions every day? And if you have the time, you can write more, but all it requires is just like just thinking and pondering on it, right? And those questions are this Who am I? What am I? Where do I come from? Where am I going? What is my purpose? If you start asking yourself those five questions every single day and get into a routine of that, it will start pattern interrupting you to start questioning. And then what that also allows you to do is let's say you make this part of your morning ritual. What you'll start doing is, let's say that you wake up and you're immediately like most people, you just get into your phone and start responding to the email, you go make coffee, all these things, right? It's like you're putting so many clouds into your connection to the all, right? That, you know, and again, these clouds are very, quote unquote, important, right? You have a job, you have deadlines, things that are accurate, right? But again, you might be going to bed too late, and you might not be prioritizing yourself, things that aren't as easy. They're simple, right? Oh, prioritize yourself you know, say no more, but they're not necessarily easy, right? Because they go against societal norms, they go against, you know, we all want to be part of the tribe. So by saying no, we're worried we're going to get ostracized, all of these kind of things. But if you start doing this and you start giving yourself even five minutes every morning, you give yourself the opportunity to have those clouds just part a little bit and allow that idea to come through, that sunshine, right? To come through, to hit you, and all of a sudden you feel more connected, Right? And it's almost like a uh, a romance in a way, right? Like we the same way that we romance a partner, right? Like I know from you know having my partnership that you know there are times where I get so sucked into work that Rachel will be like, "Hey, can we have like a date day? We haven't done that in a while." And I'll have all the excuses. Well, babe, you know I'm doing this launch and blah 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 blah, right? But all that's an excuse, right? Because at the end of the day. What my true self wants is to go connect. And yes, like I'm grateful that I have a business that I fucking love. It's wild and crazy. It's big wave surfing, but I true love it. I do love it. But also, if I forget to give myself that time in the morning to really ask myself, like, who am I? What am I? Where do I come from? Where am I going? What is my purpose, right? And the great thing is you start realizing that you don't get the same answers every day. You know, you get different answers and you start to be able to see how you feel about yourself, especially early in the morning before you've jumped into email and put all those clouds into your atmosphere, you know, and again, those things are not bad things, right? But I always talk about it this way. What I have found in life is that whether we're male or female, we must allow our feminine energy to kickstart our day, right? And what I mean by that is that if we wake up and we immediately allow our masculine energy to start putting us into action, how do we know that action is from an aligned place? How do we know that it's based off of what we truly want in life and not what we've been sold we want, not what our parents, society, teachers, whoever has told us will make us happy, told us will make us successful. So if we can wake up and have a practice like meditating or even connecting with cannabis consciously, I'm personally not a big fan of connecting with cannabis early in the morning. It just never really worked for me. But for a lot of my clients, it does. Right. So whatever that is for you, right? Asking yourself those questions, giving yourself some time to connect to your heart ask yourself, who am I today? What feels in alignment? And then allow your masculine energy to go, okay, we got the lead. Now let's go, right? That way, you know that you're taking aligned action. I think that's a beautiful place to start with regards to being able to connect to yourself.
0: I love that. That's great Mm. advice. Thank you. Oh, welcome. The other place on the other end of that mattress, you know, the next, when (laughs) you get back in the bed at night, like right before you go to sleep, when your body is completely relaxing and you are maybe playing through your day instead of, you know, sitting there, maybe ruminating on what didn't go right or, or what you have to do the next day, spending that time, just visualizing what you want.
1: Yes. I love like you know the 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 yin to the yang or the yang to the yin however you want to look at it is the nighttime ritual right and we actually uh Rachel and I just uh we've had like different rituals we just moved into a new place and so our rituals were changing and whatnot and we just decided that what we want to do is we just bought a sauna we got a red light uh and we're just going to have like like you know treat yourself time at night right where we do the sauna we do the red light we do the foam rollers we laugh we read books We, we pull tarot cards. We just get much back into that feminine energy. Right. And, and again, we allow for free flow. Like what I found really works well, because for me, I found that like, yeah, it's great to be structured, but structure can be catastrophic at a certain level. Right. So for me, what I do is in the morning, I give myself a two hour block for what I call me time. And then depending (laughs) on, yeah, like depending (laughs) on what I feel that day, I let myself be a little kid in the morning. I'm like, now I want to meditate today. I want to do this rather than saying, I have to get up and I meditate every day. Then I do my mystery school rituals. Then I do breath work. Then I do this. And then I do that. Cause maybe some days there's a cue in me of like, we'll do this first instead. But I'm like, no, I don't do that first. Right. So having that ability to like, yes, time block it onto your calendar. Cause that's a way you'll never forget it and never tell yourself you don't have the time for it, but allow a little bit of free flow in that, you know, when it comes to work, yeah, you might want to be more like, you know, strict on how you do things depending, I don't know, but You know, for me, I found the nighttime or the morning and the nighttime rituals, I find so much value in just having a little more free flow there. So I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because nighttime is a great time to center in and make sure that you're going to bed with a full heart and a clear mind.
0: Amen. And as someone who's in transition right now, I really resonate with you saying, like, (laughs) give yourself some grace, Joanna. My routines are all so off and Mm -hmm. I'm sharing a space with my sister and her wife right now. And, you know, just I normally was up at five o'clock in the morning doing my thing. And I'm like, well, that doesn't work at this house. People don't get up that early. And now they get up before me. I just now I'm like, I sleep in. I start my day later because now I'm working later in the evening. And so I'm on a totally different routine than I've ever been on. And I struggled with that a little bit of like, Joanna, you're not part of the 5 a.m. club anymore. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know? And it's just like this is this is the season in my life that I'm in and just embracing it and seeing, okay, what curious things am I gonna learn right now in this chapter?
1: Yeah, you know, I love that you brought that up because I've always been more of a late riser. Like I'll wake up at like 7:30, 8 o'clock, go to bed at midnight. That's been my pattern for so long. And right now I'm actually transitioning. Like I got up at six today, we went to the park. We just got a new puppy. And you know, I've been realizing that, like, yeah, we go through seasons, you know. And and one of the best things about cannabis is allowing us to like, you know, find that love for ourselves, especially like I'll speak for myself and I imagine you too, and many other people that. Doing anything they're really passionate about, or even anything that just keeps them really busy a lot of the time, is that like it's so easy to fall into patterns of like being hard on yourself, you know? At least for me, like you know, beating myself up, saying, Oh, I could have done that better, you know? Oh, let me get up earlier. Oh, why aren't I getting up earlier? I'm not feeling blah 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 blah, you know? Inserted here. What I realized is I don't get anywhere beating myself up because, again. Who's going to come save the day for me? No one. Right. So it's such a slippery slope because if I beat myself down, well, then I'm actually not fit to do what I love more than anything, which is support other people in their journey of finding safety and fully being themselves. Right. And being able to connect with the cannabis plant, find patterns that work for them, have accountability, have community around them. Like those are the things that fill me up the most. Also, doing podcasts, like, you know, if you're being really militant with yourself, it doesn't allow you to fully express on podcasts. And I think people can tell that, you know, and for me, like, I have the most fun on shows, being in the energy I'm in right now, like, you know, allowing people to see like, hey, man, I'm a silly guy, you know, honestly, when it comes down to it, I'm silly, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm very disciplined with myself. But I also remind myself to not take myself too seriously, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because that, that beauty of that dance is really what I've found cannabis has helped me integrate a lot into my life. Like, yes, I can go for the win. I can go to the gym every day. I can do all this really hard stuff. But at the end of the day, also remember to laugh about it. You know, if I can't get a set or whatever, I'm like, eh, whatever. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. going to go back at it tomorrow. So no big deal. You know, and I mm-hmm. think being able to give myself that grace is something cannabis has allowed me to remember over and over again. And I decided to take a month off of cannabis recently just to do it. I hadn't done it in a year. And I usually take Monday through Friday off. And it's been beautiful because the entire time I'm like, cannabis is still right here with me. I can still tell exactly what she would tell me if I had a question. Because it's the same way as like if we live with a romantic partner and have a best friend for a long time. And we're in a situation in which we're like, oh, what would Joanna do? You know, we could probably understand what. You would tell me right it's based on that and so i tell everyone like listen you know a lot of times for me anyway these breaks from the plant these scheduled breaks allow me to actually dive deeper into what i truly love about the plant you know what subtleties i might be missing if i'm just smoking all day every day and that's my normal state you know like it's the same way as if a romantic partner and you were living together for a long time and then you leave or she leaves for a while. You might end up realizing, like, wow, I never truly realized how much that good morning kiss or, like, the way she made my eggs, like, you know, really mattered to me. Like, I suck at making my own eggs. And this is a real story. <laughs> you can ask <laughs> her you know, it's specifically with sweet potato hash. Mm-hmm. She just makes it so much better than I do. It's made with love, you know. And so when I'm making it, I'm like, how fast can I do this, you know. And, and again, mm-hmm. not necessarily a wrong way to do it, but I can tell when she's made it, you know. So it's, it's in having absence from something that you truly find out what you love about it.
0: So you – saying everything you've said over the last couple of minutes, two things come to mind. Once was advice that I got as a young co-ed at university from someone who was older and had graduated and was a therapist. And she said, Joanna, everybody has the right to change their mind.
1: Yes.
0: And when you allow yourself to change your mind, then you become a lot less judgmental you're more accepting and warming of others changing their mind. Mm. So, you know, as we move through these seasons of our life and our situations change, you know, you might have had a a negative relationship with cannabis when you were in college or your 20s, but hey man, you're 40 plus <laughs> years old now. So reevaluate. You have the right to change your mind about this plant.
1: Yes. I love that. You know, that's such sage advice too, because one of my favorite quotes is wise is the man who knows he does not know. And it reminds me of the Taoist farmer. Have you ever heard the uh, the story of the Taoist farmer before? Tell me. So it basically goes like there's this Taoist farmer living in uh, olden times, let's just say, and he's got a horse. And at this point in history, like your horse is kind of your lifeline. So one day his horse runs away and his neighbors come over and they're like, oh, my goodness, your horse ran away. You're screwed. And he's like, well, maybe next day the horse comes back with another horse. Right. Somehow made a friend. Right. So the neighbors come over and go, wow, we thought you were screwed when your horse ran away. But now you got two horses. You're so lucky. And he goes, well, maybe. So the next day his son goes out to try to break this new horse. And in doing so, the horse bucks him off and the guy falls off and breaks his leg. Now, this Taoist farmer is an older gentleman, right? So his son is a big part of his workforce. So his neighbors come over again and they're like, wow, we thought when your horse ran away, you were screwed. And then they came back and we thought you were lucky. Now your son broke his leg, you're really screwed. Now he goes, well, maybe. Next day, the army comes around and do a draft of every young man. But because his son has his leg broken, they can't take him, right? So this just keeps going on and on and on, right? And the idea is, I don't know why these things are happening, right? I can choose to you know, be curious about them But to think that I know anything objectively, like quantum physics has proven that there is no objectivity to life, right? And there's a great book called The Quantum Revelation, and I love the way that Paul Levy put this. He has a chapter called The Objective Reality Hangover. And this is what we see on social media so much, right, is people arguing their subjective view of reality as if it's objective, right? And they're completely unaware of like the hermetic principles and these laws of the universe. And so one of the best things about cannabis I've found is the ability to like, say you're, you know, smoking a joint with someone and they're like, yeah, I believe in flat earth, right? Even if you're vehemently against flat earth, you're probably not gonna be like, that's bullshit. You're gonna be like, dude, tell me why you believe in that from a genuinely curious place, right? Because you'll understand in that, like, I don't care if this individual believes the earth is flat just because I asked him the question of why he chooses to believe that doesn't mean that I have to believe in it. I can still believe the earth is round and genuinely be curious about another human's experience of life and how that helps them have a more great and grand experience of life believing the earth is flat. you know, And I think that that's another one of the main challenges that I think is going on in the world right now that I think cannabis, like if everyone, I know it sounds so stereotypical, but it's like, if everyone could get together and just smoke a joint. Like there was a video going around a couple of years ago of like a rabbi, a priest, and a rapper smoking a joint together. And, you know, they all were talking about God and they were like, you know, I I think we're all talking about the same thing. We use different words, but like, hell yeah. And they high five, you know, and it was like, it's so obvious. Like at the end of the day, we're all going to have our own experience of life. But at the end of the day, like we allow that experience to change because we're always changing, right? Like, it's like another quote that I love, which is, no man can walk in the same river twice because he's not the same man and it's not the same river, you know? <laughs> and so like, it's just all the, you know, again, the, the thing that space does is I've found and, and why I'm so big is challenging. And it is, I still run patterns of needing to be busy all the time, but what space does is allow you to really think and just be and wonder, like, what do I choose to believe about life right now? You know, not what I, what do I need to believe for the rest of my life? Not what do I objectively know about life, even though there are some things that I choose to know, like that I believe in a higher power. I believe that we're God experiencing itself. I believe that this is soul evolution, all of these things. But, you know, I think people put so much pressure on needing to like have the same point of view they had 10 years ago as they do now. So I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah, man, people can dig their heels in, can't they?
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, like stop taking yourself so seriously. We're just playing, you know,
0: (laughs) that is, this is a game. If you want, if that's the way you want your game to go fine, but I'm playing a different game and we truly are living in our own little worlds because we're manifesting our reality. We're vibrational beings in a vibrational universe.
1: You know, it's so funny. I think if most people, actually knew. And this is why I love this book, the quantum revelation, because when you hear the term quantum physics, I know for me for many years, I'm like, I'm not a fucking scientist. I have no fucking clue that that's just like, that was the equivalent of me trying to learn calculus. I was like, Nope, it doesn't apply to me. Um, I believe it's true, but I have no idea how to make sense of that. But if people truly understood the implications of what quantum physics has found, it would change everything for them because it is a scientific proving in a way, right, of what spirituality and religion is spoken to very qualitatively for thousands upon thousands of years, right? Just the slit experiment, right? Like that old question, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, does it really make a sound? And what quantum physics proved is no, it doesn't, because it wasn't being observed. So therefore, it was all wave and no particle. Like, these kind of things are just so shocking. I always call quantum physics like the bad boy leather jacket wearing joint smoking version of science, (laughs) because it's so true. It's just like, what if everything was true and also everything was untrue at the same time and we can prove it and it's just like what? Like brain yes. bending things. I love yes. it. It's so cool. I love it too.
0: <laughs> I'm like I don't understand and it. it's amazing. Yes. And that's the thing just embracing the curiosity of it over the judgment of not understanding.
1: Exactly. You know it's it's so funny. I use this analogy all the time. It's like okay, Let's say that, you know, I know certain people didn't celebrate Christmas, but, you know, you've gotten gifts on some holiday before. So whatever holiday it is for you, what were you really excited about that day? Were you more excited about having peeked at your gifts and knowing what they are and trying to fake a surprise? Or were you more excited about genuinely not knowing what was in that box? Right. And then as we get older, we think that we need to know things, which we've already proven is kind of a thirst trap. You can't really know anything. But we end up believing, like, well, why would I go to California to see the redwoods? I've already seen trees; they're all the same, you know. Why would I go to Antarctica? I mean, not Antarctica, Iceland. You know, I've already swam in a hot tub before, and I've already seen ice before, right? Like, we start thinking that because we've seen one example of something, we know everything. We do the same routine; we drive the same way to work every day. We, you know, upgrade our car every certain number of years, and we end up believing and thirst trapping ourselves into thinking we know everything about life. And that is completely the antithesis of what true enjoyment comes from. True enjoyment comes from not knowing. It comes from the mystery. Like think about a first date, right? What really is exciting is not knowing where it's going to lead and having all these different possibilities, right? If I you just can get with had some-
0: one of those, Ryan. So that oh, is yes. really fresh in my mind right now. So yeah, far, and so good. It was really good.
1: Oh, and that's amazing <laughs> because imagine if this person was like, Hey, um, yeah, I really like you. We're going to go on three dates and then I'm going to ask you to go official with me. We're going to change our Facebook status. <laughs> then we're going to spend three months, um, you know, dating, and then I'm going to ask you to move in with me. Well, this is exactly where we're going to move. We're going to live there for two years. Like you'd be like, this is fucking boring. Why would I want to do that? Right. But yeah. yet a lot of us, myself included for many years, are going through life in a very similar way. I'm going to go to college, I'm this is the degree I'm going to get, this is exactly what I'm going to do with it. Then I'm going to buy this house, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to have kids. And it's just like, dude, like the mystery is I found and again, everyone can discern their own way to go through life, but you know, it's like the, I, I the best bumper sticker I ever saw was don't grow up, it's a trap, you know. And it's like it's so true because <laughs> yes. I think growing up is synonymous with the, this idea of needing to know everything there's no mystery left to life you know i'm responsible you know and it's just to me not my flavor of ice cream you know <laughs> yeah
0: are you familiar with gene keys
1: yes i am yes
0: okay okay i mm-hmm. can't think of that gentleman's name but uh, i Rudd. okay i want yep. to have him on the show i need to reach out to him but it's this idea that we all have our own magical purpose for being here mm-hmm. and you can unlock that through relationships with plant medicine. You can use something like the gene keys to help you unlock some of that stuff. But one of the things that I thought was really funny is one of my shadows is immaturity. Mm. And I was like, uh, totally. Like,
1: <laughs> but also
0: it's one of my favorite things about myself. <laughs> yes.
1: You know, it's so funny you mentioned that. So my girlfriend is really into she's getting into gene keys. Now I have a buddy named Chris who's like full on in the gene keys. Mm -hmm. um, And I love Richard Rudd. I think that dude is like a Terrence McKenna type. He can just talk and just like so poetically, it's beautiful. Um, The one that I got into was human design. It's like same, same, but different to gene keys, similar to astrology as well. They all kind of speak to the same idea that like, hey, if you're the green power ranger, but you keep believing that you have to be the yellow one, you're never going to end up fully becoming the green ranger you were supposed to become, right? So this idea that, again, people are objective. um, Everyone has the same goals. Every man's the same. Every woman's the same. Um, This whole idea is so silly. We see it with diet. Everyone should be on paleo. Well, what if your body doesn't like meat? Everyone should be vegan. Well, what if your body doesn't like plants? You know, it's like there is no one size fits all to anything. And I think that people like to generalize because it makes life seem easier and they're already so overwhelmed and other things. But what they should realize is that actually, whatever you're overwhelmed with, you should slim that down to experience your individuality more. Like if you're telling yourself you don't have time to really understand who you are, but you have time to do all this other extraneous shit that's external, that's when there's a a lack of correct prioritization, as I see it anyway. And so with human design... I'm what's called a five, one projector. And when I realized this, like, you know, I had had this story my whole life, just to like put it in a context for people, how much this can help you understanding, like, and I don't understand human design at the level Rachel does or many other people, but just having like a good basis of it, a projector, we're here to use our voice as our main source of power, uh, which I was like, Oh, podcasting, coaching, talking like duh. But then also we're here to make life more efficient. So generators, manifesting generators, et cetera, they have a lot more energy so they can choose to like work hard and do things inefficiently, and they won't necessarily burn out from that. But a projector's job is to kind of take a step back and look at what everyone's doing and go, you guys could do that actually like this and that would save you like four hours. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And now they're able to use their energy to like do more stuff. So for so many years, I told myself that I had poor work ethic because I would find loopholes to things. And I'd be like, oh, I'm taking the easy way out. So I cockblocked myself for years into thinking that I had to work hard. And only in the last couple of years have I really realized, first of all, how uh, toxic that was for me, burning myself out, burning the candle at both ends, et cetera, but also how like actually what people are really reaching out to me for is like, hey, it seems like you found a simpler way to live life and like a more effective and efficient way. Please teach me what you're doing. And so at the end of the day, what I teach is essentially like, well, this is what I've discovered for me. It's by no means the only way, but let's look at what you're doing and ask yourself really good questions, right? And ask you good questions and figure out if there's a way to make life more efficient, make cannabis more efficient, make all these things more efficient. So that's just like understanding a piece of human design gave me all of that. So I love Gene Keys and these things. I think they're fantastic.
0: And you saying that sparked another thought in me in that a full spectrum life is not about doing more. The majority of the time it's cutting the strings, cutting cords and doing less and having a bigger, more magnificent and expansive experience in the process.
1: Definitely. Like I think one of the biggest, again, thirst traps is When I don't know how to put the right terminology on this, but basically, a lot of us were raised, I will make it personal anyway, I was raised to think that to be successful, to be financially free, to be truly fulfilled, you know, these things that we've held on such high pedestals, it meant that we had to work hard, we had to be busy, we had to have full schedules, and you had to work really fucking hard. And if you were lucky, you'd get it. But when I've met so many people that are not just financially free, because that doesn't equate to happiness, but they're truly happy. And the component of that is that they have space in their lives from, you know, financially freedom and things like that. But all of them say the same thing. You need to put a lot of space into your life. You need to be able to have time by yourself with yourself every day that is uninterrupted. And this doesn't just look like, okay, I meditated twenty minutes now back to my busy day. This looks like, How would you feel if you woke up and there was nothing on your calendar on a Wednesday? What would come up? Well, I know for me, what started to come up was, oh my God, I am not working hard enough. I'm going to be a failure. All of a sudden, all these limiting beliefs started coming up, which is exactly why you need that space. Because if you don't tackle those things, you don't really understand what malware programs are running in your brain that are just like annoyances when you're busy. You're like, I just feel weird. Let me numb out. Let me smoke more weed. Let me hit nicotine. Let me um, do insert the blank here. When you actually get clear enough to have space and be with those things, all that is required, right, and again, simple, not easy, but all that's required is to feel them to heal them, right, to be with them. And essentially the same way that if you have a child and that child is crying, right, and truly upset about something you wouldn't just be like, Hey, come on, shut up. Let's go to the mall. And just like, I'll buy you something. Well, right. Some people would. Yeah, exactly. Some people <laughs> would. Right. But if we understand if we really want that kid to feel seen and want them to understand how to take care of themselves, you know, growing up, we want to give them the space to go, Hey, it's okay. I'm right here for you. Let me know what you need. Right. And let them go through. And at a certain point they'll ask the question and you can offer advice, right. Or these kind of things. And so it's very similar with us. You know, every time I do deep mushroom experiences specifically, I'm I'm shocked at the simplicity of the downloads I get. You know, when I first started connecting with large doses of psychedelics, I was like, I'm gonna figure out a math equation. I'm gonna get uh, a fix to Einstein's theory <laughs> of relativity. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but literally, it was like these actually earth-shattering realizations of like whatever you choose to believe, you become. Uh, feel it to heal it. Things that I had heard intellectually and understood so many times, which allowed me to realize that knowing intellectually is a thirst trap. Like we were talking about with cannabis knowledge, you know, a lot of people, a lot of scientists and doctors think they know based on studies, what cannabis is without having the experience. And I think that being able to have the experience of like, for me being five grams deep of mushrooms and staring at the ceiling for three hours and actually feeling into things and being like, Oh my God, I've figured out how to really find fulfillment. And then coming out of that and realizing like, Oh no, you don't have time for that. No, 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 no. You'll you'll schedule more time in a month from now. No, no, that's okay. You'll get it then. And realizing like, whoa, I have a lot of different parts of me that are very resistant to what I just found actually helps me, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting.
0: All right, Ryan. So if people want to live a highly optimized life like you, tell me a little bit about the programs that you run. I think Mm -hmm. you have something that's launching pretty soon.
1: Yeah, yep. So we have two things, um, and they're both two sides of the same coin. So we have Connect with Cannabis, which is teaching you how to master your relationship to the plant and open up the psychedelic properties of the plant. And we do that, it's a beautiful experience. We have an incredible community. We've had 13 groups go through it. We do have the most fun homework on the internet, bar none. Uh, And so that's really fun. And then for other people that are looking how to cultivate the plant organically, with Korean natural farming and applying biogeometry to it to have the highest quality medicine from which to connect with and have the psychedelic experience of cannabis, we have the Grow With Cannabis course launching. This is everything I've learned in the last 13 years put in the one program along with weekly energy practices to make sure that your energy growing these plants is from a positive place weekly wisdom and contemplation practices, lifetime support, lifetime access to the program. We have a wait list that you'll be able to find in the show notes as well. Join that. Um, We're giving a great discount for it as well. And you get a consultation with me. So definitely take advantage of that. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at the real Ryan Sprague, S-P-R-A-G-U-E is my last name, um, or at the business account at highly.optimized. And you can check out the podcast, the Highly Optimized podcast, and the This One Time on Psychedelics podcast.
0: I love asking a podcaster that question because I know you'll just get it right on the first try.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, likewise. I love chatting with other podcasters because we've all been so used to doing this. It's just, it's so much fun. <laughs> For sure.
0: Now, I look forward to us workshopping the yes. Cannabis Glossary So we will um, be in touch with everybody on when that goes down, but good luck to you in the launch of this new program. I love that you're teaching people how to cultivate and then stay connected with the plant.
1: Uh, Um, Thank you so much. This is a blast. Thank you so much for charging the absolute hell out of my battery. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. um, And thank you again. It's just amazing.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. Are you ready to live a full-spectrum lifestyle? I hope this podcast has you ready to contemplate your relationship with cannabis. And if you're inspired, please share this podcast with your smoke circle. And when you're ready to cultivate and stay connected with cannabis, head over to the podcast 245 show notes at casuallybaked.com. You'll find links to recommendations, affiliate discounts, and highlights of things we discussed as well as the registration link for Ryan's Grow With Cannabis course. It's everything you need to begin cultivating the world's highest quality, homegrown, organic cannabis. And if you're interested in networking, business collaborations, or wellness lifestyle coaching with yours truly, email your messages, requests, or of curious questions through the website at casuallybaked.com or DM me on social. When I'm there, I'm at Casually Baked on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Truth Social. However you decide to support our community and this highly responsible cannabis movement, thank you for doing your part to Puff Puff, pass it on.
1: This yes, is a high time. We have a high time together.
0: Casually Baked the Podcast was created, yes, recorded, and produced by yours truly editing and sound design are in the capable hands of jamie humiston at PodConnects. the podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend seth walker if you aren't familiar with seth's music you can find high time on his album gotta get back wherever you're buying your music these days i know he didn't create high time for me but it sure as shit sounds like he did right i hope you'll tune in next time thanks for hanging out